As you will have seen, uh, what I'm going to be uh, talking to us about is a few aspects of Psalm 51. Creating me a pure heart. The way I came to this point of uh, thinking about Psalm 51 is as follows. I was asking God to give me a verse of scripture, a theme or just a plain idea about what I should bring. For quite a while I had no specific thoughts and uh, one night before going to sleep I asked God to speak to me while I slept. thought that's a bit of a Christian thing to do, isn't it? It's It's one way he speaks to us, through dreams and visions. He did, but definitely not in the way I expected him to. I had rather a disturbing dream in which I was arguing with someone. When I woke up, I realised that I knew this person. There's nobody here, nobody you know. And what I was saying were the actual thoughts I really did have about them. So I start with an incredibly humbling admission. Um, I was both horrified and humbled by this experience and came to the conclusion that God wanted to remind me that there was some amount of work to be done within me to make me fit to be one of his workers for his kingdom. Trevor has already alluded to the fact that we're talking about a new season, aren't we, at the minute, within our church. It's been said many times, behold, I am doing a new thing from Isaiah 43, verse 19, in reference to the church. And for many, that sounds super exciting. Wow, new thing. Uh, And again, as Trevor said, for some, you think, not too keen on change, don't do change very well, I'm getting on a bit, I don't really want to be moved. I have those thoughts. I have a mixture of being excited and really quite, you know, stuck in my ways and wondering how I'll cope. Okay? We don't know what it's going to look like, though, do we? What I felt God was saying to me through my honest but very uncomfortable dream was that the new thing starts with us as individuals. And in this time of waiting, we would do well to ask God to lift the veil on our hearts and see what he needs to change. That argument I was having was about nothing that was my business. I remember thinking, well, that was nothing to do with me. So why on earth was I bothered about it? Um, And we all know, don't we, how quickly thoughts come into our mind that we almost are startled by ourselves because you think, well, what on earth am I doing thinking that for? Studying Psalm 51 has helped me start the process of laying my life down afresh to God and looking to him for repair and renewal. In his book, The Psalms, Intimacy, Doxology and Theology, if you're interested, I'm very happy to lend this to you. It can be a little bit tough going in parts, but Sotirius Christu writes, The Psalms express a kaleidoscope of feelings about life and faith in our relationship with the Lord. For example, they contain feelings of faith, depression, doubt, loss, hope, joy, penitence, praise, thanksgiving and worship. They can help us to express our deepest emotions in our relationship with the Lord. 
Psalm 51 is classified as a penitential psalm, one of repentance and restoration. Coming before the Lord humbly and being lifted up. The context of Psalm 51, I'm sure you know. It was written following Nathan's visit to David, and who would have liked to have been in Nathan's shoes? Going to King David, after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba and deliberately had her her husband Uriah killed. He broke three of God's commandments, covetousness, adultery and murder. We know that that amongst other things his infant son, David's infant son would die as a consequence of his sin and despite David's praying and fasting despite him lying on the ground all night his son died after seven days. After this we read that he got up ate and went into the Lord's house to worship. Here was someone who was a man after God's heart. Someone who God knew would do everything God wanted him to do, as Paul declares in Acts 12. He was a man who danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a linen ephod. Someone totally unaffected by public opinion about his actions, who's prepared to become more undignified, as it's recorded, in his worship, because he knew his God and he loved him. But he was human and he fell. He fell spectacularly, didn't he? Clearly, the things David had done were serious and the aftermath was equally awful. Yet if we, for once, ignore the events surrounding this penitential psalm, I would suggest that each of us could use the words to describe our own need of humility, contrition and rebuilding. We all need to come openly before God, confess our shortcomings, maybe ask God to reveal hidden attitudes and accept his forgiveness. The new thing we need first and foremost is a regeneration by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is open to us all and a commitment to walk a daily life so that God can build a people of power. So we're going to read Psalm 51 together and then I just want to focus on a few aspects that have particularly impressed themselves on me. So here we are. Psalm 51. Let's read it together, shall we? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom 
in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bowls will be offered on your altar. So the little parts that I want to um, highlight are these, and I have to confess I'm going backwards. So Psalm, uh, sorry, Psalm 51 verse 17. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. Secondly, restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And lastly, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. I've chosen to put them in those in that order because I feel that first and foremost we need to come humbly before our God to confess our sins and to know that brokenness of spirit. It may be, seem a little brutal to suggest that we have a broken spirit but I don't think we're meant to interpret this phrase too literally Hopefully none of us are in the dire straits that David found himself in, but we all need to come before God in penitence and humility. We can do all sorts of things in terms of worshipping God, which are good, but the thing he wants most is our sincerity, our open, honest hearts, our acknowledgement of who he is. I wonder sometimes if we think, and I include myself in the we here, of course, that we're doing God a favour by bringing certain types of worship, beautiful songs, great musicianship, that's great, it is good. They're all good and we should be striving for excellence. But if we haven't knelt before him first, not come before him with contrition and honesty, I wonder if he's interested 
He doesn't want ritualistic offerings. He wants an open heart. One that lets in his grace. A heart that gives him space to speak. A heart that recognises its need of a saviour. A heart that bows down. Micah 6 verse 8 says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love, to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? And in the Amplified Version in brackets it says, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. So what can we do to come before the Lord? Will he be delighted with thousands of rams or with 10,000 rivers of oil or lovely songs. Yes, they're a vehicle, but first and foremost, he wants our humility. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Quite a number of years ago now, Matt Redman wrote the song Bowing Down, which features on his The Friendship and the Fear album. Some of you may have that. It's one of my favourites. I think it's one of my favourites because it's so humble and simple. And the words to that song, Bowing Down, go like this. I know you love to crown the humble, pouring out grace for the broken heart. You bless the meek, you meet the lowly. Lord, as I bow, lift me to you. I keep on bowing down, bowing down. I keep on bowing down. What else can I do? I keep on bowing down, bowing down. What else can I do to give it all to you? I'd like to be one such believer, keeping my knees firmly on the ground. I'd like to tread humbly before you. Lord, as I bow, lift me to you. Do you smile when you see a humble believer on their knees? And my Lord, will you be pleased to look upon me? They're beautiful words, aren't they? Full of submission, full of giving. From that place of submission, God can build. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves the contrite in spirit. The thing is, when we bow down, we're in the right place to be lifted up, to be restored. I was privileged this last week to be part of a ladies' day at Mulberry House. And the speaker was from Kintsugi Hope, This is a charity based in the UK, striving to make a difference to people's mental well-being of varying age groups and backgrounds. And um, you may be aware that Kintsugi um, is uh, the Japanese mending process. It literally means golden joinery, fixing broken pottery with lacquer resin, dusted or mixed with powdered gold. It turns things into something more beautiful than they were originally. 
So from our brokenness can come strength, can come beauty. Life is difficult for us all in some way or other. So as we come before him humbly, we allow his love in and any necessary healing and restoration to start. Our brokenness can be transformed into a beautiful work of art. At our own um, Billericay Baptist Church Ladies' Day held recently, a verse that came to me as I was preparing was Ephesians 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. The second aspect I want to highlight is this, verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. So having come humbly before God, are you, am I, in need of a fresh infilling of joy? A fresh understanding of what it means to be saved by the grace of God. We know from Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And Christian joy is an inner communion and fellowship with God, brought about through faith in his Son and made real by the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have plenty of earthly joys, don't we, that we experience. And they're good, but they're transitory. The joy that we have through our our fellowship with God is centred in the eternal and not the temporal. It's a fruit of the Spirit, along with love, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness and faithfulness. Are we, am I, seeking this fruit? We find great joy in creation and greater joy in the Creator. In the middle of quite a dark psalm, We read this, this is Psalm 43, verse 4. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my exceeding joy. Another psalm by David. So when we were at the joint service on the 18th of September, um, we were being urged to uh, consider our willingness to step into what God plans for us. If you remember, we uh, were, were reading again, we were learning again about the words of Mary, the mother of Jesus, who said to the people who were uh, at the wedding, do whatever he tells you. We need to make ourselves available and to do what we need to 
to do, to commit to a daily walk with him, seeking his face, listening to what he is saying to us in our spirits, through his word and through each other. So that we have a willing spirit which will sustain us. The third aspect I want us to look at is the title of the talk, Creating Me a Pure Heart, from verse 10. Creating me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. To me, this is what happens as a result of coming to God in humility, worshipping him, reflecting on our salvation, and having a willing spirit to do what he wants. David is not just asking for a superficial cleansing here. He's asking for a radical cleansing from his sin. And he knows this comes from God alone. According to some uh, biblical scholars, when David prayed, creating me a pure heart, he used the same Hebrew verb that is used in Genesis 1, 1 for the creation of the world. So it's starting from scratch. It's not asking for a quick makeover. It's not like painting uh, a house um, to make it look nice and fresh. It's actually getting the house pulled down brick by brick and going for a complete rebuild. A transformation, not a repair. As God formed man and breathed his spirit into him to make a living soul. So the prayer here is that the very essence of David is being replaced. He has already asked, <coughs> excuse me, he's already asked God to blot out his transgressions, to wash him thoroughly from his iniquity and cleanse him from his sin. He's mentioned being purged with hyssop, and he has come to God with the sacrifice of a broken, contrite heart. He knows that God can restore him. He can create in him a pure heart. We were just singing earlier on, my chains are gone. There's not a single bit of a chain. When we're in Christ, we are a new creation. We are free from all of that. And we mustn't allow Satan to remind us of the things that have been in our way because of our human frailty. But we must step out in faith that we have a pure pure heart that is God's work in us. God visiting us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our job is to come before the Lord to admit our failings and to have a steadfast walk with him, accepting that the all-powerful God can work a miracle in us. He needs us to have a steadfast spirit to overcome the weakness that leads to sin. We're susceptible to rebelliousness, waywardness, criticism, failure, but if we walk day by day, in submission to him, he will lift us up. Only God 
can give his people a new heart and a new spirit in order to keep his commands. In Ezekiel 36, we read, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. So how can we be ready to be part of this new thing? By coming humbly before God with a broken spirit and repenting. Psalm 51 verse 17. By living day by day with a willing spirit, reading his word, worshipping him and listening to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 51 verse 12. By believing that God can create in us a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit. Psalm 51, verse 10. I want to finish with another song by Matt Redman from the same album I mentioned before, Pure, Pure Heart. And I'm going to read out the words and then thought it would be useful for us all to just sit and listen to part of this song being played. Maybe to come before God and say, I'm here. I want to be part of this new thing. I want to be humble before you. Because in that state of humility, in that state of bowing down before you, I'm in the right place for you to lift me up. These are the words Create in me the purest of hearts, according to your unfailing love. Renew a steadfast spirit within, and wash away my sin. And make me like the snow, but even whiter still. I just want to have a pure heart. I'm clay within the potter's hand, where tenderness meets discipline. I need it all. Lord, come and form your holiness in me and make me like the snow, but even whiter still. Purify me, Lord. Amen. Amen.